Well, amen. Good morning, church. If you're here for the very first time, I'm Ricky Ayala, the senior pastor, and I welcome all of you and for those of you who are joining us online or hearing us in our podcast. I'm excited because today we start a new sermon series that is titled In Your Shoes. Now, you saw the video um, in, pre- in preparation for this message is you saw different uh, sizes of shoes. You saw different colors. You probably saw the different brands, uh, the active wear, whether it's uh, for sports or hiking or for those that enjoy jumping on puddles. Uh, There's different ways that we utilize the shoes or sneakers uh, in our lives. Uh, Several years ago, I was serving in the military, and uh, I don't don't remember exactly what the the purpose was, but my my brother, who was um, playing the keys uh, keyboard last week, you know, he uh, stepped in and wanted to go visit, and so, but the, my higher-up says, no, he's going to need some some boots in the area that you're working on. So I said, hey, I got some boots. Right, and uh, I said went to the locker room and I left them there so the way he can put them on. And when he came out, because I went to uh, continue on working on a helicopter, when he came out, I saw some of my uh, battle buddies, my soldiers, laughing. All right, because you know those clowns, you know, going like that. That's exactly how he was walking. You see, he, uh, our, our shoe size is different. Mine's mine's is bigger. Uh, and uh, towards the end, he says, "Man, I don't know how I can walk in these." And uh, uh, he actually added some socks. Uh, and so he, when he placed his foot in there, there wouldn't be a lot of wiggle room that would be in there. But the, the shoes still looked huge on them. Uh, even the ones that I'm working, wearing right now, is uh, my, I got my son the same pair. And if I was in the dark room, and I knew where like my sneakers were, and sometimes he goes into my closet and, and stuff. So then uh, if I went and I was dark, and I, and, and I knew an idea of where my, these sneakers were, and I put it on, I know which one is mine, and I know which one is his. You see, I'm size 13 and, uh, in, in shoe, and he is size 17, all right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So even if it's, even if it's in the dark room or in the closet and I'm trying to uh, pull out, even if I can't see anything, especially in the mornings when I try to be quiet so everybody can, you know, remain sleeping, and if I take it out, and, and even if I'm tired and I'm putting it on, I'm going to know whether it's mine or not. Well, because uh, in, in our shoes, dealing, dealing with sneakers and our shoes, every one of ours is different. The, from the size, from uh, the, the, the brand, from the color, it is all different. And so if we're saying, you know what, I, I don't want to be, I wouldn't want to be wearing my son's uh, uh, sneakers, and I'm sure he wouldn't want to be wearing mine because it would be too small for him. And in fact, before I go into the scripture, uh, do you remember, some of you remember um, something that was called, I think it was called a shoehorn? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So for those of the, the, the young bucks who are here, right, they, these, these are like, uh, I guess, spoon-looking type of thing because back, I don't know if it's because my parents were, uh, uh, we were all poor, and so I don't know if it was the brand of the shoe, the, especially the, 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 the entrance to put the shoe in, your, your foot inside the shoe, it was hard, right? And they, I, would, I would depend on that uh, shoehorn, or hor- uh, not horseshoe, it was a... Uh, Shoe horse, yeah, yeah, to be able to put it in there. And, and what do you do? It's like, yeah, poof. And then followed by, ah, 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 ah. You see, you're walking because the shoes are so hard. And there were times that <laughs> we couldn't even get it in, and that you would have to stomp that, you know, uh, stomp to be able to get it in. And then you walk a little funny because your, your toes are all crammed in there. 
So it's so different when we are, like especially with the new shoes, the new sneakers, we try to break them in. It is, uh, you probably heard the saying, as comfortable as an old shoe, as an old sneaker. It's because when you start something, it may be a little difficult, but it's, you, you need to uh, allow for the, the, the item to then work around your feet, and you get more comfortable, and so that's how you know it's your shoe, right? And, and so you, I wouldn't want to wear my, my son's shoe. He wouldn't want to wear mine. So now let's put it into our lives. What makes it any different for us to try to live somebody else's life? And so today, in your shoes uh, uh, sermon series, I want to go into the Old Testament book of Exodus, and I'm also going to go into Numbers. And we're going to talk about a, a few individuals, at least right, um, in those individuals, we're going to keep it in the family, so that way you can be able to follow along. God bless you. So um, do me a favor, go into the book of Exodus chapter 4, and in this scripture, What's happening is that God had gone uh, to Moses and uh, was speaking to him through the burning bush, if you remember that one. And in the midst of that, he, uh, he also wanted to share and, and show his power. And so that's what God was doing to Moses. And it came to a point, if many of you know the story, it came to a point that Moses kept on saying excuses, after excuse, and after excuse. And so this is where we find ourselves in one of the final excuses uh, on verse 10 of that chapter 4. It says, but Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I have never been, I, I never have been, and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? hear or do not hear, see or do not see. Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. Yeah, Moses didn't let us down on this one either. Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he says, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well, and look, he is on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be, I will be, excuse me, I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Now, Aaron will be your uh, spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece so that you will stand in place of God for him, telling him what to say. And take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs I have shown you. So I want to introduce you a little bit to Aaron. Aaron is his brother. And uh, so as he coming forward, uh, the Bible is saying that he spoke well. And and so God was able to utilize Aaron to continue to do what? To go, go before the Pharaoh, tell Pharaoh, let my people go out of that slavery, out of that environment, so that way they can uh, know that they are God's people. And so Aaron comes, he uh, is, is placed into a position, and that's where I want you to pause there for a moment because I want to share with you another family member, and the family member is Miriam. So I'm going to invite you to please open up your Bible to Exodus chapter 15, because when you'll see here, this is actually towards the end, God has already, uh, the, the people are, are, are on dry ground going through the sea, if you know the story, and the, and the, and the, and the soldiers, the Egyptians are going after them. 
And so this is where we find ourselves on chapter 15, verse 19. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers rushed into the sea, the Lord brought the water crashing down on them. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam, this is where we uh, find Miriam, the prophet Aaron's sister, took a tambourine and led all the women as they played their tambourines and danced. And Miriam sang this song, sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. So, ladies and gentlemen, we see that Miriam is a sister of Aaron and, and, and Moses. And so, when, when it came time for her to celebrate, the Bible is saying Miriam the prophetess, like she was leading the people, the, 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 the ladies, in song and, and, and worshiping and dance. Why? Because they had just seen something so powerful that only God was able to do, and therefore the only response was to lead people in worship. So we got Aaron, who is the spokesperson or the mouthpiece for, for Moses. And now you have Miriam, who is also uh, uh, known to lead the people, the, the, the ladies and, and, and the women in worshiping after what just took place that the Lord had defeated or killed those uh, Egyptians. So those two individuals who were put into quote-unquote position or people recognize them for where they are, it leads us into Numbers 12. So the book of Numbers. Numbers 12, turn, turn your Bible to that scripture. Because we're going to go through this chapter here. Now, while this is the NLT version, by the way, it says, while they were at uh, Hazaroth, Miriam and Aaron, same individuals, the Bible is saying they criticized Moses because he had married a Cush, uh, Cushite woman. They said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. Let me pause there. So we got individuals who are put in positions, and then in part of the positions, they will try to nitpick at something that another leader is actually doing, and, you probably, uh, and they're probably thinking, you know what, I can do better, or nitpick, like, why would they do that? Why, why is he or she doing this? We probably experience that at, work, at our workplaces, at our schools, at our home, at our churches where we have people who are doing something and then others may start speaking about them, saying, I could do better, or why are they doing this this way? Or nitpick something that uh, Aaron and Miriam did. They actually criticized Moses for marrying a Cushite woman. And so sometimes what happens is there are, as you're trying to move ahead, you're trying to move forward, you're trying to have that journey to lead a, a, a whatever uh, God is leading us to do, and we're hoping that we're doing the right steps to get to where God wants us to be. Sometimes the, the, criticize, you know, the criticism comes in place. And sometimes from those, those that are closest to you. And here in the Bible, it's talking about Miriam and Aaron. And they're as close, you know, the brothers and sisters of Moses. Well, it's interesting that what makes Aaron and uh, Miriam uh, relationships uh, to Moses different than most siblings is that uh, they had no contact with him, at least from the time that he was a toddler until he was a fairly old man. 
They did not have any typical interaction, good and bad or bad, but most sibling, that most siblings have, which might have made it easier for them to give in to jealousy or, or envy. And sometimes when you get close to people, whether they're blood brothers or sisters, you, 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 t- you, you tend to know what they like, what they don't like, but then you start, and you, you, we have to be careful that you don't start nitpicking like Aaron and Miriam did. They were in a position, and then they started criticizing. Unbeknownst to Moses, I believe it's unbeknownst because we're going to continue on here, but, you know, Moses didn't know that they had criticized him, Aaron and Miriam, but the Bible is saying, <laughs> the word is saying here that, but the Lord heard them. Verse 3 says, Now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. So immediately the Lord called to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam and said, Go out to the tabernacle, all three of you. So the three of them went to the tabernacle. Then the Lord descended in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam, he called. And they stepped forward, and the Lord said to them, Now listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, will reveal myself in visions. I will speak to them in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he is the one I trust. I speak to him face to face clearly and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? Now, the Lord was very angry with them, and he departed as the cloud moved from the, above the tabernacle, there stood Miriam, her skin as white as snow from leprosy. When Aaron saw what had happened to her, he cried out to Moses, Oh, my master, please don't punish us for this sin we have so foolishly committed. Don't let her be like a stillborn baby already decayed at birth. And so Moses cried out to the Lord, Oh God, I beg you, please heal her. Let me, let me pause there for a moment. Many of you know that I prepare the series and at least a, a year in advance. Now, I don't know what exactly what I'm going to be saying at each of those messages that I'm going to be preaching, but at least it gives me a plan to how to help with uh, Daniel or uh, Eric or Aaron with the, um, the videos or Jillian with the graphics. I mean, th- there's a lot of planning ahead of time. But what I always find interesting is that when I'm going about to do a scripture or, or a series, something's happening, all right? And so th- here, the Bible is saying that Moses... When Aaron came to him and he says, please heal her, you know. So what did Moses do? He went and he begged God to heal her. The Bible doesn't, not clearly saying, uh, stating that Moses knew that Aaron and Miriam spoke to him. But I love Moses' response. And that was to prayer for healing. It's interesting, you know, here as we, as anything I, home, school, work, church, any decision that's made, 
You can not, not be, uh, you know, for it or you could be against it. And then so what happens is there are times even, uh, let's, say, let's say work, you don't like what a supervisor is doing or what an associate's doing. Again, trying to live in their shoes, trying to say I can do better or why would they do this and start criticizing. And if you don't realize this, it's actually holding up the progress of what the, the, the business or the organization is trying to do from where they are to where they need to be. Now, if you look at it in the church, it is the same way. Here we're trying to uh, follow God's lead. Here we are, we're trying to uh, listen to and guide us of the uh, precious Holy Spirit. But any decision that's made, as I already mentioned a few weeks ago, is that it, it, it may hold off, hold up the progress because it'd probably be some criticizing taking place. You know, the, the uh, calls that I've, I've received, you know, they, uh, in, in my years of ministry, uh, of, of someone saying, well, someone's talking about you. Okay, all right. So what are you going to do about it? I'm going to be their pastor. Amen. No, no, but I, I'm mad. I'm mad. What, what, you know, you should be mad too. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? You know, sometimes my response is, you know what, uh, Jesus had Judas. <laughs> right? Here Moses had his brother and sister criticizing him. And here Aaron is also saying, you know, the sin, uh, I'm, we're so sorry for the sin that we have foolishly committed. And I love Moses' response. Because Moses didn't say, oh, what? what? I didn't, you, you talk about me? You criticize me because I married uh, uh, you know, a Cushite woman? No, I'm not praying for you. I'm not going to be praying for you. Nope. You can stay as you are right there. You're going to have to learn. No. I loved Moses' response because Moses' response is that being a leader, being being that, that spiritual guide for his family as well as the people of God... It is so important that we don't have that uh, uh, bitterness in our lives just because somebody is criticizing him. And that's for, uh, verse 14 says, But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had done nothing more than spit in her face, wouldn't she be defiled for seven days? So keep her outside the camp for seven days, and after that she may be accepted back. So Miriam was kept outside the camp for seven days, and people waited until she was brought back before they traveled again. Then they left Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. Now, let me, let, me, let me share something with you. A sin that was committed by criticizing uh, of criticism, it not only held up and affected the relationships of those individuals, and God heard it, but also it affected the people of God as they were trying to move from one place to where God wanted them to be. Because of sin. So here we have Miriam that is uh, as white as snow, with, covered in leprosy, Recognizing the wrong that they have done, asking for forgiveness, it's still available to us when we are criticizing people, whether it's supervisors, whether it's pastors, whether it's ministry leaders, whether it's your, 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 an associate at work or a parent uh, or uh, another uh, sibling because they don't know how to raise their children, whatever it may be. We have to come before the Lord and ask him for forgiveness 
Because why are we, we're trying to uh, live in our own shoes. Why is it so important to be living in somebody else's when we have no business trying to fit in their shoes while you're trying to get comfortable in yours. You see, our life has a journey in life, and so therefore, in my shoes, if I provide them for you, I wouldn't want, I don't, I don't recommend that, but you'd be able to uh, uh, probably put it in, you realize that it's either big or too small or too wide, or you know, just, there's, there's different reasons why it's so important that you try not to live somebody else's life or criticize somebody else's. You don't know what they have been through to get to where they are. And it's a possibility, ladies and gentlemen, when we're, try- when we're criticizing one individual, you probably don't know what that person has gone through. And, and at that, in that day, you're saying, God, thank you that I'm not where I used to be, but I'm gearing up to continue to where I need to be. But I know, God, that I'm, I still, I'm, I'm a work in progress. So, so help me, God. You don't know what that individual is going through, so why would you dare criticize them? As a church, I pray that you know, we learn from this scripture. We learn that the people of God, because of sin that, is, that took place, it held, up the, it held up the progress of where God wanted to take them. We and any other church is trying to do our very best in leading and being led by the precious Holy Spirit to lead us to where God wants us to be. But we also know that as imperfect people that we are, that we are sinners, we have to come before God's presence and ask for forgiveness. And if it's today, if it is because you've, you know, like, I didn't realize that what I was doing, like Miriam and Aaron, I didn't realize by criticizing somebody, by speaking about somebody, I didn't realize how much it was affecting our lives, our relationships, and not only that, but maybe... It's affecting the way that the church has held up because we are not dealing with the sin. So today, I just pray that as you try to look at somebody else's shoes, somebody else's life or sneakers, that you be mindful of the shoes that you have on, the life that you're living. And I pray that as you continue to live each and every day that God provides you with an opportunity of asking for forgiveness. We have another day of life, which is another day of opportunity. But we can say, God, I'm sorry. God, I need to continue to seek you. God, I need to continue to hear the leading of the precious Holy Spirit. God, I can't do this alone. I need your help. God is not saying that you have everything in place. God is not saying that you have everything that you need to do, everything is lined up. But each and every day that you, that God provides you, is another day of life and another day of opportunity for you to correct the wrong that has been done. And as you come before God's presence, asking for forgiveness, I, I believe in the word of God that in, in the scriptures it says that he, when we confess our sins, that he will not only forgive us, but he will cleanse us. Amen. And cleansing us that we can start anew. Let us not be held up of where God wants us to be because of the sin in our lives. Jesus Christ has paid the price for you, his body broken, his blood that was shed for our sins. 
Let us pray. God, we're thankful. We're thankful for your message. We're thankful for your love. We're thankful for your mercy. We're thankful for what took place in, uh, uh, with Miriam and Aaron that has been written down and that it allows for us to learn. We ask for forgiveness for the, the criticism that we've had towards other people. God, we're not perfect. Only Jesus Christ. And we're thankful. We're thankful that today we are going to be reminded of the, his body that was broken through the communion, table of communion, and his blood that was shed. So we're thankful also for the blood, the sacrifice. Forgive us, we pray. Amen.